Hello, and welcome to A Health Podacy. I'm your host, Alan Weil. Maternal and infant outcomes in the United States lag those of most other high-income countries. One strategy adopted around the world has been to focus attention on supporting new parents, particularly those with lower incomes or facing other barriers to giving their infants the best possible start. In the United States, one provision of the Affordable Care Act, enacted now more than a decade ago, was support for the Maternal, Infant, and Early Childhood Home Visiting Program. This program supports voluntary, evidence-based home visiting models designed to improve child health outcomes. It emerged from research showing that home visits can be an effective intervention. What do we know about the effectiveness of these home visiting programs? That's the topic of today's episode of A Health Policy. I'm here with Rebecca Gorevich, Assistant Professor in the Department of Health Policy and Management in the University of Maryland School of Public Health. Dr. Gorevich and co-authors published a paper in the August 2023 issue of Health Affairs reporting the results of a randomized controlled trial of a nurse home visiting program for new low-income parents in South Carolina. Now, despite overall evidence supporting the home visiting model, this study did not find positive effects from the program. We'll discuss these findings and their implications in today's episode. Dr. Gorevich, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, So this is an important intervention designed to improve outcomes. I said just a little bit in the introduction, but maybe you could provide our listeners with a little more context about the uh, Maternal, Infant, and Early Childhood Home Visiting Program as part of the ACA and the Nurse Family partnership program, which was the specific intervention that you studied. Great. Happy to do so. So as you mentioned, the Maternal, Infant, and Early Childhood Home Visiting Program, abbreviated as MCV, was established under the Affordable Care Act in 2010. It's administered by the Health Resources and Services Administration, or HRSA, in partnership with the Administration for Children and Families. And it really provides funding for states, tribes, and territories to use to support home visiting programs. And one of the first activities that uh, McVie did when it was established was to conduct a systematic review of the evidence on home visiting programs. And it identified 23 home visiting programs that it considers evidence-based. And these are the programs that states um, and other territories are able to use MCV funding to support. Um, And there's a lot of variation in what these home visiting programs look like, both in terms of which kinds of uh, health workers or practitioners are providing the home visits, in which populations are targeted, uh, and which which outcomes they're known to affect. Uh, And the McPhee program has been reauthorized uh, a number of times since it was first established. Most recently, um, it was reauthorized in 2022 through 2027. Uh, And as I mentioned, there are many different, there are 23 um, home visiting programs that are eligible for McPhee funding. And the Nurse Family Partnership, or NFP, is one of those 23 programs. And as you said, that's the program we uh, examine here. So um, I have to say, I've read that acronym 100 times. I've never 
actually talk to someone about it. So I didn't know it was called McV. I, I didn't, I don't know how you take M I E H C M I E C H V and turn it into something you can say, but you've answered that question. So the podcast is already a success. So, so as you mentioned, the, the, the specific interventions that are evidence-based are variable. I'm certainly not going to ask you to give me a tour of all of them, but as you describe the nurse family partnership, which is what you studied, um, maybe you could say a little bit about that intervention and just give us a hint of some of the dimensions that differ in some of the other programs to the extent that you know those. Yeah, absolutely. So the NFP or the Nurse Family Partnership has been around for nearly 50 years. And one of the things that sets it apart is that it's been really committed to uh rigorous evaluation of its impacts since its inception. So it actually started within the context of a randomized controlled trial in 1977 in Elmira, New York, and was then replicated in two other RCTs, um, one in Memphis, Tennessee in 1990, and then in Denver, Colorado in 94. And it's been scaled up since then. It's now a national nonprofit organization that receives both private and public funding, uh, and it operates in 40 states nationwide. Uh, They serve about 55,000 families a year with over 2,000 nurses. And there are a number of things that distinguish NFP from some of the other home visiting programs that McVie supports. So, One of the really important features of NFP is that the home visitors are registered nurses. So they have real clinical training. Um, Some of the other home visiting programs use uh, more social workers or community health workers or other kinds of practitioners with different skill sets. NFP also starts during pregnancy. So clients are required to enroll prior to their third trimester. And um, other home visiting programs are sometimes more focused on the postpartum period or more focused on um, child, you know, engaging with the the children once they have come. Um, NFP does extend and continue its services through two years, the first two years of the child's life. But the starting during pregnancy is really one of the key distinguishing features of this program. So I was actually running the Colorado Medicaid program when the NFP study was uh, underway, and I remember us learning about it and thinking this sounds like a really cool thing. And I uh, and then to see it evolve into a national program and supported in federal law was very exciting to me. Um, what you've done in your study, because as you note, there's a long uh, history of collecting evidence around the NFP. Uh, is you've looked at some outcomes other than sort of the traditional birth and neonatal outcomes that have been studied in the past. So uh, can you say a little bit more about what we already knew about the program and what you were trying to learn in the study that you conducted? Yes. So um, our team has published uh, results of this trial's impact on birth and neonatal outcomes um, last summer. And we similarly found no impacts of NFP on those outcomes. Um, And that was despite, you know, pretty high rates of adverse birth outcomes and stark racial disparities in those outcomes in our study population. But what we wanted to do in this paper is kind of take a step back and look at the impacts of receiving these home visits 
during pregnancy. Uh, and that was important to us for a few reasons. You know, one is, as I just mentioned, NFP is sort of set apart by um, the fact that it does provide its services starting in pregnancy. Um, in our trial, people are about 14 weeks pregnant on average when they enroll, so just at the start of their second trimester. And so it's really important to understand how does receiving home visits during the pregnancy period impact the way people use healthcare services um, and their health during that time? One of the reasons why I think um, our results are important is that uh, receiving those home visits during pregnancy could really either substitute for some of the services that are traditionally provided in office-based prenatal care, or it could complement those services. So going in, you know, for many of these outcomes, we were we weren't sure if we would see an effect, you know, in either direction. These outcomes are also sort of important in and of themselves. We're really trying to understand more about the kinds of care that people receive during their pregnancy um, and how, how we may be able to increase quality of prenatal care or change the way that people engage with these services. Um, so I think that's another reason why we wanted to take this step back. And then finally, you know, many of these outcomes are plausibly on what we'd say on the causal pathway, or they impact the kind of birth and neonatal outcomes that we had previously examined. So as part of kind of unpacking, why are we seeing no impact on these birth outcomes? We wanted to see, well, is there, is there anything happening during pregnancy that could help explain that? And so you've already alluded to the fact that the prior evaluation did not show the outcomes with respect to birth and neonatal outcomes that you uh, might have anticipated. Give us the top line here. What did you find in these other variables? Yeah, so the top line is that we don't find any statistically significant impacts of the NFP program on the outcomes we examine here. So that includes use of prenatal care, um, whether uh, clients received guideline-based prenatal care services like the gestational diabetes test or the Tdap vaccine. We look at use of other healthcare services during pregnancy, like the emergency room, and also whether uh, gestational weight gain was within the recommended guidelines. So those are the outcomes we look at here, and we see no impact um, in our full sample or in the subgroup of individuals who identify as non-Hispanic Black or who um, we describe as socially vulnerable uh, based on their being young, um, having low educational attainment, or facing mental health challenges. Okay, so this uh, sounds a little, you might say, discouraging, but it also, I think, should point us in some positive directions. Uh, so based on that sort of general sense of what you learned, I want to ask you some questions about where we go from here. We'll cover those topics after we take a short break. And we're back. I'm speaking with Dr. Rebecca Gorevich about the uh, results of a study of a nurse family partnership program as part of the Maternal Infant and Early Childhood Home Visiting Program, McVie. Uh, and uh, we learned before the break that in this study, not only 
had it been previously reported that there weren't any effects on the kinds of birth and neonatal outcomes one might want, but also some of the intermediate measures of uh, having to do with how the intervention played out for folks didn't show really affects either. Now, we know in all types of research, there's sort of a, a, a bias toward publishing results that are positive, that, oh, look, we did this and this happened. And so here's a study that says, we did this and we thought this was going to happen and, and it, it kind of didn't. Um, but as you mentioned, your work sits on a platform of literally decades of research around the, the, the program as a whole and the Nurse Family Partnership in particular. So let's start taking what you've learned and putting it in that context, if we could, and you're much more familiar with that research context than I am. Uh, were you discouraged by these results? And well, why don't we just start there and then let's figure out what we do depending on whether you were or you weren't. Yeah. So, you know, I think as people who are eager to find solutions for these really pressing challenges we face in maternal and child health, uh, it is disappointing that this program um, doesn't seem to be a silver bullet in in the way that some you know may have hoped. So I, I think it's important to acknowledge that not this this uh, joins kind of a, an evidence base of things that we would really hope and think would work, but turn out not to really be effective in moving the needle on these outcomes when delivered at scale. Um, but I think as we unpack the results, it's helpful to kind of understand some of the mechanisms why we think they, that uh, home visiting may not impact pregnancy and birth outcomes. So let's uh, let's do some of that. I mean, I think... The first thing I was struck by, and maybe the area I would focus most on, is this notion of did it really change the services people got? Um, be, because I, when you describe sort of the reasons for looking at this upstream set of phenomena, I'm really taken, they were all good reasons, but I'm really taken by the notion of the causal pathway. So you, you have an intervention, you have reason to think it will achieve the results, it doesn't. And then you say, well, let's look up and see whether it actually changed the kinds of things that we thought changing uh, would help with those outcomes. So uh, take me down that path a little bit more and, and tell me what you make of those findings. Yeah. So one of the things that really stood out to us in our results is that our trial population is actually receiving a lot of prenatal care. So if, if you look at the control groups of people who didn't receive these home visits, we see that on average, people are receiving 13 prenatal visits, which is, you know, at the higher end of, of what's recommended. And when we compare the people who enrolled in our trial to people in South Carolina um, who we think would have been eligible for the trial but didn't enroll, we see that our trial population has higher use of prenatal care and also higher use of WIC, the Supplemental Nutrition Program for Pregnant People, compared to the eligible but not enrolled um, population. And this is sort of despite our trial population also having higher social needs and higher medical needs than the non-enrolled population. And what this suggests to us is 
that people who are attracted to home visiting programs may be different than people who are not um, interested in enrolling in those programs. So this is a pretty intensive intervention. People in our trial who are in the treatment group received an average of nine home visits for 70 minutes each over the course of their pregnancy. And you'd have to be comfortable having a nurse come to your home for that amount of time um, and engaging with you on really personal, you know, issues related to health and um, in preparation for, for becoming a parent. And, you know, I think it's understandable that that isn't for everybody and especially in communities with um, legacies of mistrust and current issues uh you know, well-founded issues with trust in the medical and social service community, um, we can understand why home visiting may not be uh, an intervention that attracts everybody. So I think our results highlight the need to find other strategies for reaching people who are maybe less engaged with clinical care and social services. So let me just stop here because that's such an interesting point. And I want to make sure I'm understanding and our listeners are understanding sort of what the study design is here. So you have a lot of people who are potentially eligible for this home visiting program, but you have to say you want it in order to be part of this study. And then you get randomized between getting it or not getting it so that you have comparability uh, between your your study group and your control group. But even to be in that pool, you have to be open to the idea of this more intensive intervention, which, which, as you've described from the data, already brings to the pool as a whole, whether you got the treatment or not, uh, a, a willingness to engage with the healthcare and social systems that other people might not have. And so one way of thinking about the lack of results here uh, is that if you're already, if you're motivated enough to want to get these services, you're probably motivated, you may be motivated enough to get them even if you're not in the program. And by contrast, if you're not motivated to get these services, then this program is never going to reach you and we need to think of other ways to get you what you need. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, the fact that people who were motivated to enroll in this program um, received, you know, a lot of prenatal care, it means that the nurses wouldn't really have been able to increase people's use of prenatal care. They were already sort of at the ceiling. Um, On the other hand, we see some signals that the quality of prenatal care that people are receiving is subpar. Um, in the in the trial, and but the nurses really aren't integrated into the clinical encounter. So it's a lot to expect that uh, the individual nurse home visitor in in collaboration with her client would be able to influence you know the specific medical services that are received during pregnancy. That's a lot of that's a large burden um, to place on on one practitioner and one pregnant person. And so I think those results really point to the need for a a different kind of intervention that would more specifically target the clinical encounter to move the needle on quality. Yes. And it just, it's, uh, these layers of nuance are just so interesting. So for example, the program is voluntary by design for some very good reasons, but that then affects who's in the study. And similarly, it layers on top of an ecosystem of healthcare that 
as you note, is not fully integrated. And so if there are things that people need that might improve outcomes, uh, some of them they might get through this program, but others they're not going to because it's not going to change their clinical care. So does this, um, you know, I, I just keep um, alluding to the the rich evidence base here and the fact that this program was included in the ACA based on evidence. You also mentioned that there are lots of other uh modes within uh, McVie other than the nurse family partnership. Does this lead you to question the value of the overall initiative, the, the, uh, either the nurse family partnership itself or the McVie um, bucket that it is a part of? So I definitely think uh, the results that we've had in this trial so far are uh, not a sufficient evidence base to conclude that McVie or that home visiting doesn't improve outcomes that are are important. Um, I think the weight of the evidence from randomized controlled trials of NFP and other home visiting programs that start during pregnancy increasingly suggests that these programs don't improve pregnancy, birth, and neonatal outcomes when delivered at scale in the modern context. However, uh, it's too soon to know whether these programs impact uh, other sets of outcomes um, where there is also a large evidence base from, for example, the original trials of NFP. So, uh, a lot of the results from the original trials point to positive impacts on child health and development and maternal, what we call maternal life course outcomes. So things like um, subsequent birth spacing, economic atta- uh, employment and economic outcomes, educational attainment. And these are all outcomes that our study team is planning to look at farther down the line um, as our sample progresses through the life course. Uh, so there will be you know, more evidence forthcoming about th- those additional outcomes. We're also limited in our study by relying on administrative data sources. Um, and so it's possible that NFP is during pregnancy um, and the delivery period impacting other important outcomes, things like self-efficacy or people's feelings of preparation and empowerment around their deliveries and around early parenting. And those are, those are things that we can't measure in our study, um, but, but would, you know, really demonstrate some value of these programs. So uh, I definitely would not go as far as to say that McVie isn't um, achieving its uh, aims. And I think it, what this does highlight is that it's really important to continue evaluating these programs um, in a rigorous ways uh, and considering the wide range of outcomes that they may impact. Well, that's a great place to end because that was actually just what was going through my mind as I was listening to you, which is, uh, first of all, that there are many potential outcomes, some of which take many years to uh, occur, that are worth studying. And although the, based on the name of the program and the early research, one might have a narrow focus on birth outcomes, there are actually significant other places that, that you can have positive effects on, on a life course. But what I'm also really struck by, and I, I, I will say, of course, having read the paper, but before I talked to you, had not quite fully appreciated the value of a, of a null finding paper, which 
often people say, well, you know, it shows us what doesn't work. But actually, what you've explained to me is that it, by uh, enabling us to understand the ingredients of an intervention, it helps us understand how those aspects of the intervention actually play out um, and what they can achieve and what their limitations are. So rather than being a wholesale critique or challenge to the program, it actually provides opportunities for refinement of the program and refinement of the targeting of the program that we wouldn't have available if we didn't have these findings. So I appreciate the work that you've done here, your uh, uh, ability to explain it in in uh, ways that are understandable, um, teaching me a new acronym and how to pronounce it, um, and for uh, all that you've done to get this paper uh, together. I look forward to seeing what more you do with it. Uh, Dr. Gurevich, thanks so much for being a, my guest today on A Health Policy. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to speak with you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you'll tell a friend about A Health Policy.